Welcome to Death Metal Dudes! Hey guys, we're happy to have you aboard. This week we're talking about none other than one of the top three baddest motherfuckers to ever walk the planet in the serial killer realm, Jeffrey Dahmer. He killed seven grown men most of them homosexual prostitutes and man oh man did he have a good time with the bodies he sure did we're not here to glorify anything that jeffrey Dahmer did but i'm gonna tell you up front he's pretty fucking cool they used to call him salami tommy (laughs) well man we are so excited to take on another giant serial killer and give you our perspective what we think about jeffrey Dahmer's life how he ended up the way he did what he did how he did it And what happened in his eventual demise. So thanks for tuning in again to Death Metal Dicks, the number one heavy metal podcast that is way more about true crime than that. How you doing tonight, buddy Lloyd? I'm doing good. I'm recovering from a fucking hangover. I'm drinking more beer, though. Yeah, that's really the only way to recover, man, is to do it. We want to tell you guys that we are coming to Fort Worth, Texas. Now, if you live in Dallas, you know this. If you're in the surrounding area and it's an hour away, make the drive. It's on Father's Day, but it's at nighttime. We're going to do a podcast first, and then we're going to do some stand-up comedy. So if you're going to get there, we're going to do about an hour, hour and a half podcast like we normally do. And then you're going to see our producer, Mark Johnson. You're going to see me do some stand-up comedy. It's going to be so much fun. You should bring your dad. You know what I'm saying? Bring your dad. You You guys will have a ton of fucking fun, man. It's Father's Day. Bring the whole family out. Uh, we're we're like the all male reboot of Fugazi, so it's pay what you want. You come out and you pay whatever you want to. We would love to see you guys there. We're hanging out in town that night, so we're down to party afterwards. Get done with the show. Come shake our hands. We'll have some shirts for sale, and you don't have to buy a shirt. We just want to hang the fuck out. We want yeah. to meet everybody. We're just starting to get out on the road, and we're so hyped up on it. So that's June seventeenth, Sunday night, Father's Day. Maine at Southside, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm excited. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, let's get. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep, 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 yep. So, what we know about Jeffrey Dahmer is that he killed 17 people. Now, what we like to do here at Death Metal Dicks is correlate that with death metal songs. And we really had no option but to use macabre dog guts. Dog guts. Especially for this first chapter of Jeffrey Dahmer's life because yeah. man oh man is that boy like playing with 
dog guts. <laughs> we really could just use like several different macabre songs because they got a whole album called Dahmer. That's correct. And then what else could we possibly use? That's the only thing you can use. Yeah, I mean, you got to show some respect to the Chicago legends, yeah. and you also have to show some respect to Jeffrey Dahmer and what he would have wanted. And I'm sure that's what he would have liked. Now, let's start off with the tippity top of Jeffrey Dahmer's life so we can figure out what went wrong, how he came into this person. He was born May 21st, 1960 to Lionel and Joyce Dahmer. Joyce described this as a very difficult pregnancy. However, she seems to me like a bit of a hypochondriac. Yeah. She's one of those busybody type moms that seems to always have some type of negative thing going on. If it's not her health, it's her husband. If it's not her husband, it's the household. They move a lot because of Joyce's nagging about their living situation. She blames a lot of her health problems on where they live. So it's going to create a shuffled up life. And that's just the type of person she is. If you've ever done a service industry job, the lady that comes in and complains about every single thing, that is Joyce Dauber. Yeah, they call those cunts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty uh, PC term to describe old Joyce there. Now, when Jeffrey was a young kid, and this is how a lot of serial killers start out, he had a litany of health issues. Throat and ear infections from the age of zero to two kept him in and out of the hospital. He got hit with leg braces, which is a very unfortunate move for kids when they start to learn to walk. Their gait's all fucked up. They put him in some metal braces, say good luck adjusting to the world. He wore those until he was about four years old. So he's Forrest Gumped? Yeah, he was very similar to a young Forrest Gump. Did he ever realize that Forrest Gump... Had AIDS? Yes, that is what I always say when we bring up Forrest Gump. He absolutely got AIDS, right? Yeah, had to have. Because the and whole, his kid had AIDS, too. The whole premise of that movie, and people, I've argued about this a million times with people and their feel-good theories about Forrest Gump. First of all, good for the fucking Phoebe. He got his shit together, he grew up, he made a bunch of money, fantastic. Here's the thing, though. The whole apex of the movie is him casually walking around the fact that he's a fucking billionaire, and the focus is that he's so in love with this fucking skeezer, Jenny. Make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. The thing about Jenny is she absolutely 100% dies from AIDS. And that's the first person and only person the Forrest Gump had sex with. So he for sure got AIDS. They had a kid together. Yeah, she was boning all kinds of dudes. I mean, she's like boning oh. all the Black Panther guys. Man, fucking being a stripper. Having sex. Fucking, man, she, she was... She had a, a way cooler life than Forrest Gump did. She was a fucking hog koozie, man. She, she liked to get pounded, man. People were slamming their fucking meat. a good time. That's great. If you like to fuck, then please do it. But yeah. we know about technology now. You can use protective measures and... Well, she was a, the OG bug chaser. <laughs> yeah, she was bug chasing. We refer to the fetish episode. Yeah, but so Jeffrey Dahmer had the same star as Forrest Gump. He was leg braced, uh, and he had to wear those up until he was four. When he was two years old... Him and Lionel were in the yard. Jeffrey noticed an injured bird. Lionel came over. Lionel was a chemist. Mm -hmm. So he knew, you know, a lot about general sciences, enough to mend the bird up. So they snagged the bird up, nursed it back to health, and let it go. Jeffrey was obsessed with the injured bird. Yeah. So that's normal two-year-old shit. Yeah. You just got an animal in the house. You're checking it out. What would you do? Mm Mm-hmm. 1962, when he's two years old, the family makes their first move to Iowa, which is where Lionel works on his Ph.D. in chemistry at Iowa State University. Wow. <laughs> Lionel uh, has a, a recollection in his he does. There's a great 
interview of Lionel that will give you a lot of insight into what genetically made up Jeffrey Dahmer's brain. Yeah. Very dry. Um, to me, there's nothing in his eyes at all. He just sits, yeah. stares, and talks. Real to the point, you know. Uh, he's a chemist, that, so that makes sense. He's a lifelong science professional. Uh, so they're in this new house, and they notice that there's a foul smell coming from under the house. Mm-hmm. So they get down there and look, and Lionel notices that there's a bunch of decomposing animals. Yeah. So he's cleaning it out, raking out from under the house. As he's pulling it out, the bones are making this, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. like a, you know, like that big pile of. You actually do have a big pile of bones at your house. I do. So yeah. you know what bones smacking together sound like. Yeah. That just gets Jeffrey stoked. Wow. He loves it. He's having a great time. He goes to play with the bones. His dad's like, "Ah, eh, Jeff, you know, those probably aren't the coolest thing to fiddle around with. Maybe you should not put them in your mouth, Jeff, and just chill the fuck out with the bones. He's just doing dog tricks with bones. Yeah, he's <laughs> just having a good time with some fucking bones, man. Hey, guys, come out over to the house. I got something <laughs> I want to show you. Watch my boy. Yeah, he has, to get, <laughs> he has to get physically stopped from playing with the bones. They throw the bones out. 1966, the family moves to Doylston, Ohio which is when Jeffrey begins school at Hazel Harvey Elementary in Barberton, Ohio. Joyce takes a load and gets pregnant again, but this time she decides to spend six months in bed up until having the baby. And again, I I, I vaguely described her personality. It's not like, you know, I feel like if uh, most of the women I know got put on bed rest, they would be going crazy because they're on bed rest. They don't want to be still and not do shit. They don't mm-hmm. want to just lay in bed. But she loved it. And what she loves so much about it is because she's in a point where she's carrying a child. People are sympathetic to her because she, you know, when, when they give you bed rest, the idea is that if you exert too much effort, you could kill the child. Mm-hmm. So they give you bed rest so the child has a better chance of surviving you're more healthy, blah, blah, blah. You just can't physically exert yourself. So she, using that sympathy card that she loves to do with her health, gets everyone in the house, Jeffrey and Lionel, to wait on her hand and foot. Loving every minute of it. Oh, yeah. She's probably ringing that bell. You know uh, what I mean? Like this, like a 60s fucking Brady Bunch my, episode. I need my banquet, banquet chicken fried steak dinner. Bring it to me. Yep. Y'all are going to have to. Y'all are going to have to do the cooking. Y'all are going to have to do the cleaning. Y'all are going to have to do the eating of my ass. Wipe me up clean. Yeah, but she's just fucking milking it. And Jeffrey's fucking six years old. He's not in a position to do that. But he loves his mom at the time. He's waiting on her. He spends a lot of time in bed with her. She's real fussy, complaining all the time. Jeff, again, waits on her hand and foot. And as this is going on, they do a pretty nice thing as parents. They let old Jeffrey pick out the name of his little brother. He chooses David. All right. When David is born, Jeffrey's teachers report that he is feeling neglected, which I would think at six years old is a normal feeling. Yeah. If there's a new baby in the house. I have my kids two years apart. And even when you, you could see in a two-year-old, I wouldn't necessarily say jealousy, but for the first two years... Everything you're doing revolves around the one kid. Yeah. So all the playtime, the attention, the watching shows, carrying him around, goofing off, going places. There's only one kid. So now the effort's divided in half and a baby's way harder 
Yeah. Especially than a six year old. Your your attention is going to be divided in like three quarters baby, twenty five percent Jeffrey. So any six year old would feel a little bit neglected, especially there used to be a single child. That's a long time, I think, to spend between having children. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, that's probably why he's gay. His mom. <laughs> Yeah, He's man. Like, man totally my mom's deserved. a cut. All women are cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna fuck dudes. Yeah, I mean that's basically what we're framing here. Uh, you know, people can draw their own conclusions. I think you know, of course, you're born gay, but yeah, it's, yeah. it certainly probably propagates it. And let me be very clear: is that their marriage is shit. Yeah, they're not getting along, and it's it's obvious as to why. I, I'm not saying that it's all the woman. I don't know what Lionel's got going it's on. It's all the woman. <laughs> Yeah, but what you hear in Jeffrey Dahmer's life, and Jeffrey Dahmer's a cool serial killer to dive down because there's so much about his youth that has been, the people that were around him are all still alive. They're all pretty open to talking about it, especially his parents and his friends. You know, we'll get into how one of his friends made a bunch of money off of this whole thing. Joyce, when when, uh, David is born, they actually move into different bedrooms in the house. Which even as a six-year-old, you would pick up on that being yeah. a little bit weird because they were staying together and like his mom's on bed rest, but his dad's still in the bed. And then all of a sudden they're sleeping in different rooms. So they're they're not even unified in anything anymore. They're they're basically roommates at this point. Yeah. And they're, they're not together ever. So you wouldn't ever be around both of them at the same time. So you're already getting used to going back and forth between your two parents. And that's got to be weird for a fucking six-year-old. Joyce is on over 20 medications. Yeah. Of course, she's super dramatic, and she loves conflict. So every day, it seems like she waits around to start something up with Lionel, start something up with Jeffrey, and it seems to the both of them subscribe that what she would do is essentially set up a conflict so that she could receive an apology for nothing later on. She just liked that. That was what made her feel good was the setup to an argument and then rubbing it in as a guilt and then being able to exchange affection at the end of it when you came to her and apologize. They, uh, Jeffrey said that if you, I mean, he said that he had great parents, which is yeah. hilarious, but you know, he, he wanted to keep in touch with them when he was in prison. Yeah. I understand it, but that she would spend hours of silent treatment. You would have to come to her. She would never come to you. And it seemed like she really enjoyed it. And, of course, Lionel hates her, so he has no problem saying that, yeah, she's a sack of shit. And she would love for you to come groveling back to her. That was her shit. So at the the age of four, it's actually debated in, like, four different things I read, if it was four or six. I think Lionel and Joyce have different memories. And Jeffrey, of course, is too young to remember. He gets a double hernia, and he has to get surgery to correct the problem almost immediately and his parents both say after he came out of the surgery, they noticed a change in him, huh. which is weird to say for a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could see that if you had a traumatic surgery, you went through a lot of pain for a few months afterwards, you would be kind of under the weather, groggy, not feeling like yourself, but you'd probably snap out of it after a while. But they're still saying that that's the point that they noticed that he changed. Oh, and then you're that young and you get put under for surgery. There's no telling what that shit does to your brain. Yeah, and what worries me, too, about Jeffrey's medical conditions is that his mom's such a hypochondriac. Um, I, my uncle was married to a lady who was totally like that. She was on that Munchausen by proxy shit. Ugh. She had both of her kids on like 100 medications total. They just had boxes and boxes of pills, asthma shit allergy shit, 
pain medicine for kids to get Ritalin. You know what I mean? Just every yeah. single thing that you could possibly treat a kid for, they were on it. And she was on a ton of medicine and she loved to bring up all the things that were wrong with him over and over again. Luckily they got out of that marriage and left her behind, but she had that crazy shit and just watching it. I mean, she absolutely 100% believed it all. And you know, people like that, they will just go to several different doctors. If they go to a doctor and a doctor says to the patient, well, I don't think anything's wrong with your kid. I think they can't come out and say, yo, you're crazy as fuck. Yeah. They'll say, yeah, they look pretty good in all regards. They would say, well, I don't take your opinion. I'm going to go to a different doctor. And then the one that'll tell you what you want to hear. Exactly. And just do it over and over again. So I wonder if Jeffrey's mom was a bit of a Munchausen by proxy situation and all the medical things that he went to, perhaps at least half of them could have been caused by an overreactive mom who loved to get medical attention herself and bring Jeffrey in through that same process. Fuck you up mentally, you know, yeah. especially being sick all the time. That's got to be isolating. We talked about that with John Wayne Gacy, how he was a fat kid and yeah. he had a heart thing. So he couldn't physically exert himself when he played, which put him on the outside of all the other kids. Because when you're a little kid, especially before video games and shit, the only choice you have is to play hard games outside. And if you can't excel at any of them and you have to sit down before you pass out and all of them, and I'm talking about Gacy, not Dahmer right now. Yeah. It made you an outcast. So you got to figure if this kid's wearing leg braces, he's always getting ear infections, he's getting surgeries, you know, kids probably don't take to that as the normal thing. They always just look at him like retards. Like, that's a retard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Man, the fuck's wrong with you this? You ain't coming over to my house to play. He's, I'm going to catch his weird leg thing if he comes over and plays yeah, with my everybody, Legos. Everybody thinks it's like that look, movie. No, 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 don't touch my Legos. My legs are going to get all weird, buddy. It's <laughs> <laughs> contagious. It's like that movie Jack. Like, can Jack come out and play it? They would never do that. But like, that's a weird old guy. Yeah, exactly. No, no, he's like a 10-year-old. No, no, no. That's who would hang themselves in a closet, yeah. Jack. Yeah. Not Robin Williams. The charismatic, happy old comic thief. Well, you know, old fucking Fran Dresser's getting ready to fucking let you pack her lunch. Oh, yeah, she's that. She's so hot. Yeah. The nanny. She brought that fucking. She's like an underrated, weird chocolate woman. She still looks good, too, at like 75. It's weird with the Fran Dresser. Her voice. Yeah, you get a hand six with me or something like that. You came inside of me and I had a 40-year-old man as a baby. <laughs> yeah, of course Jack could come out and play with you. Ugh. Why are we talking about Jack? Uh, you're thinking of the wrong... That's not, That wasn't his mom. Who was it? It was a, Jack's best friend's mom. And she was trying to fuck him. And then she didn't know that he had that fucking thing going on. Oh, she didn't know he was 10? Yeah. I don't remember Jack. That's a good movie, man. You sure about that? Yeah, dude. I don't like Robin Williams. I honestly never liked Robin Williams. Never been a fan of some Robin Williams shit. Miss Doubtfire claps. Yeah. But other than that. Hook? Man, oh, Hook's good, but go. he's not He's not my guy in Hook. He's not my guy in Hook. Rufio. Hook, yes. I yeah, yeah. The, the crew, the squad, yeah. claps. And, the, and when he first came in to the Lost Boys... They didn't like him. They treated him like shit. They talked shit back and forth. He had to earn his keep by being like one of the fucking guys. So I didn't like him. I was on Team Lost Boys. Like, fuck this dork. Yeah. Fucking 75-year-old hairy-ass man trying to come in and hang out. Get the fuck out of here. Fake fucking Peter Pan. How about Rufio's in charge? He's way harder than you are. Get the fuck out. Sweet. Yeah. yeah that was, the, that was. you know what I mean? Swinging from vines and shit. Yeah. Dude, the Lost Boys were tight. I like that fat fuck <laughs> that does the jelly roll. Yeah. Man, he was in all of those Disney crew. If there was a crew 
in a Disney movie. That fucking fat kid was in it. Um, heavyweights, the big green, little giants. Yeah. That fucking, they always had a fat in the back. <laughs> that fucking tub's hanging out. I was like, yeah, that's me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, everyone loves him. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's fun to be around. He's got treats. And he got the marbles. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's cool, dude. That, that's a, uh, yeah, I fuck with Hook. <laughs> Here we go. Like, I was going to take a shit on Hook <clears throat> in general. Yeah. What else did, I don't think, you know, fuck Robert Williams. Let's get back to this. Before we're the off-topic boys for another nine <laughs> hours. <laughs> uh, so, you know, after he had the hernia surgery and recovered, they moved again, but this time to just a new neighborhood. Jeffrey makes his first real friend, this kid named Lee, that lives in, in, in the neighborhood. So him and Lee are hanging out all summer long, and they start to school. And Jeffrey ends up loving his teacher, female teacher, thinks the world of her, mm-hmm. which imagine... The main female in your life is a fucking asshole all the time. And you're finally around someone who's super sweet and nice and caring and gives you attention, very friendly to you. And you you would think the entire world of them. You know what I mean? Because I can remember back. I was always close with uh, teachers when I was a little kid. And I, I can guarantee it's because my mom was a piece of shit. Yeah, oh, I guarantee yeah. because they would be because they because they knew that right. your mom was a piece. Exactly. They did the same thing to me. Man. Yeah, so they would really go out of their way to be super yeah. nice and just uh, you know kind of take you under their wing, and that was a good feeling. Yeah, so I'm sure the same thing happened with Jeff, and he loved it. So Lee and Jeffrey would walk to school together every day. They would play after school. Again, they've been big buds all summer. Jeffrey wanted to give his teacher a gift, and he found some tadpoles one day and thought that that would be the perfect thing because she loves science. So he gets a bowl full of tadpoles in the water, takes it to school, gives it to the teacher. Now, the teacher, of course, really appreciates the gift, says, thank you, Jeffrey. But thinking that she's not going to be able to keep them, she gives the tadpoles to Lee, his friend. So Jeffrey goes to walk home with Lee, sees Lee has the tadpoles, asks what's going on with the tadpoles. Lee explains that the teacher had given them to him. So Jeffrey becomes fucking furious, but instead of lashing out and saying anything about it, he holds it inside until they get back to Jeffrey's house to play. He goes and gets motor oil and pours it in to the tadpoles, killing them all. Cool. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> if he would have just kept the shit together, he could have worked at Exxon Mobil. Yeah, yeah, just if he's the oil spill guy. <laughs> yeah, go down there and uh, fuck up a bunch of people's lives. All right. And, uh, no problem. <laughs> 1968, the eight-year-old family moves to 4480 West Bath Road in Bath, Ohio. Jeffrey went to Bath Elementary School. This is where Jeffrey would suffer the event that I'm sure really wired his brain to operate in a way that registered sexual violence as normality. Yeah. Again, every serial killer, especially a sexually violent one, like we talked about with fetishes last week. Yeah. When you have a fetish for something, there's something in your brain that takes what the average person would see as strange or out of the ordinary or flat out wrong. Something in your youth happens that attracts you to that. Yeah. For a lot of people that have particular mental wirings, sociopath, psychopath, some type of path in your brain sends it a certain way where you don't have the filter that says this is right, this is wrong. It's yeah. not a clean and neat, black and white, wrong and right file for you. 
I think, especially when we looked at BTK, just the cold, callous way that he was, that he got sexual pleasure from violence, we were able to trace that back to his childhood, specific events that happened. It is just a fetish, right? Yeah. It's another type of fetish. So for Jeffrey, when he was eight years old and they moved to Bath, Ohio, he was molested by an older kid in the neighborhood. Male or female? Male. Right on. What? <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm not like supporting that. Right yeah. on. <laughs> well, maybe that's why. Uh, maybe that's like. Maybe that was his thing. It was like, right on. <laughs> no, it wasn't his thing, dude. He was eight. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> you fucking asshole. That's not what I was saying. That's what you said. Well, I'll come back to it when we get it on the windows. Okay, adult, perfect, though, fantastic. I, yeah. All right, right on. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking Matthew McConaughey, fuck. Is that because you're drinking Miller High Life? So you just kick back and yeah, rape, huh? Right, right on. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, so, like I was saying, Lionel's a chemist, and around this time, he gave Jeffrey his first chemistry set. Now, Jeffrey is stoked about this. Number one. It's a bonding activity with his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad's a chemist. His dad's stoked that Jeffrey's stoked. I mean, imagine that you have a particular trade that, and, and again, Lionel, it's not like he's a chemist. He goes to work at eight o'clock in the morning. He comes home at five and then he's done. Yeah. He's obsessed, which I assume at a high level of science, you have no option but to be obsessed. You're trying to do something that requires a very large portion of the smart parts of your brain. And you got to do it all day long, every day. And it's something that interests you. Usually the academic type, when they study, they continue to study, continue to grow because they fucking love it. It gets them off. Lionel's definitely that. He's completely swallowed up in chemistry. So if your kid is into what your entire life is, that's a good feeling. Yeah. I'm sure. So they're stoked. And so now what Jeffrey does is he promptly gets to work using the chemistry set to preserve live insects and frogs and little shit like that. Man. That's like the first move that he makes. He just starts yeah. cramming insects into vials of shit to see if they'll stay alive and then watches them suffer and then sees how long they'll stay in the vial, how they decompose, works his way up to frogs. Uh, around this time, he had a friend named Steve Lahr who describes a game that him and Jeffrey used to play called Ghosts in the Graveyard, which they would just go out at night and pretend to be ghosts and creep around. And he said that Jeffrey was always a little bit off. Even back then, he wasn't with it. Damn. And that's AJ, you know what I mean? But again, this is the Steve, he'd just been molested, you yeah. know? And if that's ever happened to you before, there is a period of your life where you're really trying to uh, process that. You know, yeah. it crosses your mind a lot, and kids don't have a normal train of thought, nah, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's just something that is, is probably constantly going through his head. Well, it rewires you, like, it's like uh, with a lot of trauma in, in children, uh, most people will mistake it as, like, ADHD because they can't concentrate on things. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the rewiring of the brain, the connectors are all fucked up because of that situation. And so they have a hard time learning and doing other things like that. Or they're either, like, real goddamn smart and they figure it out and they just become fucking killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the trajectory, I suppose. Yeah. Another story about an eight-year-old JD is that they went fishing together. They started pulling fish out of the water. When Jeff caught a fish, he threw it on the ground. All the kids around him were trying to explain to him how to pull the fish off the line. Like, yo, put your finger in his mouth, snack that old boy off, pull the hook out of his mouth. Well, Jeffrey pulls the fish out, throws the fish on the ground, uses a hatchet to start cutting the fish up. 
and is playing with the fish's insides. Sweet. Yeah. And at eight-year-olds, got to be just bamboozled by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Because you think of a fish as, as I would think, I, I remember going fishing as a kid with my grandpa at this pond. And it was a stocked pond. It was like one of his friends, and they had catfish in there. So basically, every time you would throw your line out, you would catch a catfish, no matter what. Yeah. And so... I had been fishing one time before that where it wasn't stocked. It was just a lake and nothing happened. Nobody yeah. caught shit. So I expected that I was going to go out, throw the line in the water and just sit there all fucking day. Well, in fact, I hated it because every time you threw the fucking line out, some big ass fish bit a hold of it. You had to reel it in. And then my grandpa was not helping me at all. He was just trying to be like, we're time to grow up, boy. Snag that fish off yourself. Well, do catfish are like floppy, spiky. They will cut you. You try to grab it, and they're just fucking putting every single fish muscle into use and smacking you with their fucking fin and shit. And they're like, Rah! making weird noises. Man, fuck that shit. Yeah. So eventually, dude, like the third one I caught that I tried to pull off, I got cut by it, and it was hanging on the line of the fish. So I just took the fucking pole and slammed the fish onto the ground like four times until it stopped moving. And he was like, you can't do that to the fish. It's like, why the fuck not? It's going to die. We're going to eat it anyway. And he looked at me like I was the biggest asshole in the world, which I really didn't understand the concept. It's like, yeah. yo, we're going to kill this piece of shit anyway. I like, used to just rip <laughs> rip out the fucking hook because I didn't know how to do it. I get frustrated yeah. and get janky. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, same, it's same like, concept. I'm waiting for, man. Fuck this fish. Yeah, hey, we're going to fucking fillet it up. Right. Who gives a fuck? But it's yeah. just the respect to animal life. But when yeah. you're when I was a kid, I didn't, I mean, I understood it, but the concept of pain to an animal didn't click. When it did click with me is I got a, a BB gun. Uh-huh. And I was at my great grandma's house and I was fucking around with a BB gun and I saw a rabbit and I was like, oh shit. I've been trying to shoot birds with it uh-huh. and I could definitely not hit a bird. But I saw this fucking rabbit just sitting on the ground and I pumped it and I shot the fucking rabbit and it didn't do anything. And I knew I shot it because it was like thunk and just sat there. And there was like a hole through its ear I noticed and I was like, oh shit. So I popped it back and shot it again, dude. And it felt another fucking uh, like big blood mark on the rabbit, but it still wasn't like moving. And I realized that it was. I thought I killed it, you know, because it's just like laying there. Yeah. But it looked like like its eyes were open, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I killed this fucking rabbit." <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't want to kill it at all, you know. And I like walk over to it, and I go to see if I could pick it up. And as soon as I reached down, the motherfucker jumped up and took off and shit. And I was like, "Oh my god, terrifying." Every terrible. You know, what would be a terrible way to off yourself is fucking catch a catfish, take its fin, and slit your throat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a rough fucking way to go. But yeah, I mean, I. It, I, again, this seems weird for for a young yeah. kid to d- essentially dissect a fish by mashing and fiddle with the insides. But dude, kids do weird shit, oh, right? Absolutely. And and if you if you don't have, it, it's not that a, a kid this age doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. I'm not trying to give him a pass. But what I'm saying is is that if you rip a fish apart, you got to think you eat fish all the time. Yeah. So it's more, it, it's just food. You know, yeah. so he's probably he could have been looking at it as let me just see what this meal is all about. But he's playing around with the insides, trying to see what was going on with the heart and the organs. And the other kids weirded out. They tell him to stop. Uh, 1970 is when Jeffrey was 10 years old. He begins actively collecting roadkill if he sees it. He's not seeking it out, but if he sees something, he'll grab it. Um, what, what kind of kicked the whole thing off is that they were having a chicken dinner. And Jeffrey asked Lionel what would happen if he bleached the bones from the chicken. And Lionel gets stoked. Of course, this is more chemistry shit. Yeah. And he tells him, like, hey, you could bleach the bones 
And bleaching bones is how Jeffrey learned how to strip the skin off of animals. Yeah. And he loved bones. And he learned that the bone would turn white and brittle and give the texture that he likes. Yeah. And, and people are fucking weird, man, about uh, I hate to say weird because it's just regular yeah. for a lot of people. But people get hung up on textures like I don't like the way socks feel on my yeah. hands. I don't like that. So I could see where someone does like the way something feels. I can't think of anything besides like the inside of a f- vagina that I love the way it feels, you know, a butt. Yeah, but. I like that. But But, but, but like, uh, you know, he just likes the way bones feel. It's not a sexual thing. I mean, he's a little kid. Mm -hmm. It's just he likes it. So he starts soaking animals in bleach and other low-grade acids. You know, a lot of uh, muric acid was something that a lot of people kept in their house to clean with back then. So I assume he was filling little vats up with that and putting bodies that he found in there. Uh, He had formaldehyde in in a chemistry kit that he got from his dad. And he would preserve weird insects that he found, which is completely normal. A lot of people collect bugs. They do that thing where they soak them in formaldehyde and then they pin them to a board, you know. So, again, it's it's really not that weird. It it seems like it could be adding up into something weird if you're really paying attention. But we're talking about the the late 60s, early 70s. I don't think anything he's doing yet is out of the ordinary. And I think his dad, again, is just excited that he's interested in science. Yeah. It's the same thing that he's doing. I imagine he did some weird shit like that when he was a kid himself. A so regular old Bill Nye we got. <laughs> yeah, except Bill Nye is not actually a scientist. Well, I guess Jeffrey isn't actually a scientist. So, yeah, you're right. That's a good descriptor there. Uh, 1972 when Jeffrey's 12, it seems super weird to me, but at the age of 12, Jeffrey got a job at a nursery selling shrubs. What the fuck? Over the summer. Yeah, and his boss loved him. He said he was super enthusiastic. He loved having him around yeah. and was sad to see him go. That around this time, also, fighting between Lionel and Joyce is just intensifying. Lionel and Joyce had both taken up heavy drinking, which gave Jeffrey easy access to get a hold of a bottle. And when he did, he became a natural at it. I mean, swilling it. He loved scotch, loved gin. Um, Jeffrey has friends. So I I was saying before that he's a little bit off. Um, Some people see him as a loner, but he's got friends. He's, he's not that weird. Uh, Part of the thing with Jeffrey is, you know, the kid in school when you were around 12, 13, Uh they're totally normal, but they dress like a 40 year old. Yeah. You remember those kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the corduroys on and the, the weird uh, wood-clogging shoes. Yeah, he just dresses like his dad. You know, his parents are buying yeah. his clothes for him, and they just put him in weird gimmicks. And there's nothing that he can do about it at this yeah. time. This is important, I think. you got to start letting your kids, when they start expressing themselves and things that they want, you got to let them have it. Yeah, you for know? sure. You can't condemn them. I don't know that, that there's nothing brought up about that. But the way that he is turns a lot of kids off. That's how kids are. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you need to be on the cutting edge of fashion with your no. kids, but they, let them kind of dress how they want to. Yeah, my grandma used to make, she would buy me, I essentially just went to school every day looking like a Russian gangster. I was uh, Adidas jumpsuits all every fucking day. I That's kind of cool, man. You can't be I, either look like, I look like I would I love gonna, to have an Adidas jumpsuit right now. 
Shit, yeah. I look like I was either going to fucking leg lock the hell out of somebody <laughs> or fucking coach the hell out of gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> Russians do, man. Leg locks and gymnastics coaches. And come here. Yes, is you uh, is get to this blitz uh, on the pummel horse. Uh, get in the. Uh, let me touch the vagina. You know, let me feel. As uh, girls uh, take a pickle dig, uh, the pickle beats. Uh, just uh, vodka to touch the. Person. Man, pickle beats are good. That's the only way oh, I get a beat. Fuck yeah, pickle. I, I love pickled every fucking thing. And so do Russians, man. That's why I fuck with Russians. It's because of all that pickle shit, baby. I'm completely with it. Now, again, he's got friends. Uh, he's he's kind of like a class clown, but he's like an indie class clown. He's not doing your normal fart jokes in class. He's doing some weird shit, you know? He's just spazzing out, screaming, acting a fucking ass in his own way. They've never seen any shit like that before. You know, he's not being a smart ass to the teachers. He's doing all right as a student. Uh, he's alienated though. You know, you gotta, when you have that much trouble at home, you can't relate to your parents. You're not getting along with them. He's got a weird relationship with David. They just never really took to each other at all. They never had a close relationship in any fashion, which you would think they're six years apart. So when he's 12, the kid's fucking six. So it's not like there's anything to relate to between the two, you know? Yeah. He's fucking roughhouse with him. Yeah. Tickle him up. I mean, you have fun with him, but it's not, you can't sit down and have a conversation about anything. Yeah, everything's poopy head. Right, right, right. And, but he loves attention, though, from yeah. other kids. So erratic behavior draws him in, like, draws people in for the wrong reasons. You know, people like to be around him doing weird shit, but that's not a strong friendship in any way. Uh, he starts going to Revere High School. He plays clarinet and band. And, one of the first things that Jeffrey himself recalls as a troubling event is that when they had normal ninth grade biology class, they dissected a fetal pig. I did that in school. Did you? Uh, I did uh, owl shit. The, yeah, they probably didn't let you in the live animal no, or dead animal. We did, a, we did a fetal pig and we did a live frog. I did a frog. Alive or? It was alive. Yeah, that was weird. You had the chloroform him? Well, no. I was supposed to. Oh, you just ripped it, huh? Nah, I fucking beat the hell out of it with a book. And then... See, people had to have thought that you were going to end up a sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, there had, like, there had to have Where, been. I just get frustrated, man. Yeah. Because that yeah, thing's moving around. Sure, and I was like, right. fuck this shit. Just hit it with the book. <laughs> the, the, every time I bring up something about childhood, what you say, there had to be people in your life adults from the outside that would look at you and think, oh, man, something bad's going to happen with this just, motherfucker. I was just a curious motherfucker, man. I was like, yeah, hey, sure. what the book is it going to go? What's the insides of a frog like? <laughs> I didn't care about that. I just want to know this motherfucker quit moving. When we got to the cutting part, I was like, this is gross. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so he dissected a fetal pig, which, of course, he fucking loved, and then he snuck that shit back to his house. Sweet. So he bagged the fetal pig. He took it with him. He took it home. He was sexually attracted and aroused by the fetal pig. He kept it around for quite some time. Uh, and this is when he's, you know, getting into ninth grade. This is when you're, you know, hitting puberty. Yeah, you're, you're getting horny. You're getting bones in the middle of the class. 14 years old is when Jeffrey says that he began to regularly fantasize about having sex with a corpse. Wow. 14 is also when he had his first consensual homosexual experience. Yeah. 
and he started drinking almost every fucking day, baby. That's so wild that you getting ripped. Do that. You were mm-hmm. drinking a lot at fourteen, uh, right? Oh, I was doing. Oh, I started drinking when I was eight. You started drinking when you were eight. I'm now, when you say started shit. drinking, is like the, is, that's the first time you drank, or you like kicked it off no, and just kept I rolling with it? Off. And I did uh, Freon too when I was eight. And I, I, I did a bunch you of shit. You hopped Freon? Yeah. How? Just take it out of the AC unit. I shouldn't tell people how to do that. But you sought it out though as an eight year old? Yeah. Because I, I saw one of those fucking uh, commercials that was like, don't have Freon. You know, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I want to spit high life everywhere. <laughs> you saw a commercial. Yeah. Against huffing Freon. Because I was like, it's got to be fun. That's why they don't want you to do it. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, I'm sure, dude. They fucked me up, though, man. <laughs> well, I got to where I was hallucinating at the old bathroom <laughs> to a diaper, and I'm like, I'm huffing shit. <laughs> <laughs> man, there's your central nervous system looking out for you. Get this shit out of your face, dumbass. <laughs> did you huff Freon more? I know you huffed a lot of shit. I did. Yeah, I huffed anything. You're a big part of huff culture. I did drugs, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! You fucking are an animal, dude. I was, man. But so, yo, at fourteen, you I'm, were going to school like you were going to school like blackout drunk every day. Yes, and you didn't have a ton of friends. No, well, I had like three, but they were all drink. But you were acting an ass. Oh yeah, you I would, were acting a fucking ass. In I would school. go, I would get uh, the apple juice bottles that they had, the vending machines, and I fill them up with whiskey and come to school with that and just chug them. And I, man, I always would drink and jack off at the same time. I'd be chugging and jerking. You basically were Jeffrey Dahmer. Nah, man. Yes, I wouldn't think about fucking no dead bodies. He hasn't yet either. So let me ask you this: When you were in school, okay, mm-hmm. you would you you would wear like extreme metal shirts, yeah. And and you would like the fact that they shocked everyone in school. Loved it. And you would do things, assholeish things to teachers, yeah. other kids, be loud as fuck. Mm, no, I just gorilla glue the toilet seats. And when somebody would sit down on, you know, you sit there, you know, once that moisture hits that gorilla glue, it just yeah. locks it in. Sure. Man, I was trying to get this one kid, but the principal came and had to, he was like, run, you know, how, like you're hanging out, you're waiting, <laughs> and you're looking for feet, man, and you see somebody just walking real fast. You're like, oh, that's that shit walk. And uh, yeah, he uh, got stuck on that toilet seat, man, and they had to call 911 to come get him off. Are you serious? Yeah. 911. Dude, the he. The guy on the toilet. Fire department dude. showed up, man, and everything. They were looking back on the cameras to see who was in the back. Dude, me and. Uh, my old buddy uh, just uh, fucking ran back. They questioned us about it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Got away with it, but dude, he got locked. <laughs> and to wear like this weird diaper thing, like a bandage diaper thing, because yeah. it fucked him up. Tore the skin off his ass. Oh my god, dude. Okay, all right. So <laughs> okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer. All right, he is drinking in school daily, yeah. like pretty much openly. He wears a. Uh, fatigue jacket uh-huh. and he tucks a bottle in the fatigue jacket he also keeps a bottle in his locker he's got scotch and gin he's dr- everyone knows he's getting drunk 
he's got a styrofoam cup full of scotch in class one day, and the te- a teacher that's talking about Jeffrey Dahmer later is like, yeah, I, I noticed the styrofoam cup, and I could definitely smell the liquor in it, and I just thought to myself, like, huh, what's this kid doing with scotch in class? And just, like, <laughs> like ignores it and lets him go. That's like cool, man. But, dude, so, okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer, just the entire realm of high school is him acting a fucking ass. Yeah. Just like you. He would just go in the hallways. Uh, his mom ha- had, like, a designer come to the house, like uh-huh. a designer friend, and she had cerebral palsy. And so... Jeffrey Dahmer picked up on how she was with the palsy and would just do like the palsy act at school. So like, and uh, you know, there, there's that movie that just came out that's based on um, my friend Dahmer. Yeah, the I think the movie's novel. called. Yeah, the, so the graphic novel. So the, his friend John Durf back and Durf, uh, John Durf back and Durf. So Durf is short for back Durf. That's his name. Yeah. So it was like his three friends, but this guy drew pictures of the shit that Dahmer would do and then basically piece them together to make a graphic novel. So he was in high school with him. Now, my only qualm with my friend Dahmer is that it came out after he died and the guy made a fuckload of money on it. Mm -hmm. So the accuracy, it, it seems to flow with the way the story goes of his actual life through the account of people that were around him. Yeah. But anytime someone makes a bunch of money off some shit, I watched the movie, and the movie it seems to follow the story pretty well. I've read the graphic novel too, but like the age, like the the fish thing that I just talked about when happened, like late the, the congruency of it is yeah. different. Anyway, I'm sure it's dramatized. But anyway, Jeffrey would do the cerebral palsy act at school and shit. You know, he would just see that lady, and then he would just go to school and be like, "Baby, yeah, fucking dick." It's fucking, you know what I mean? Like, and just do that shit in the middle of class, in the hallway, you know, they would take him places to just fucking wig out and he would have seizures and shit, like fake seizures and just cause a big ass scene in the middle of the hallway because he loved to cause a disruption, much like you in high school, because he was hammered fucking drunk and seeking acceptance through wild antics. I'm telling you, motherfucker, you were like Jeffrey Dahmer in high school, man. I probably would have, man. You could have taken a couple of turns, baby, yeah, and yeah. ended up on the wrong huh. side of the track. I don't want to kill nobody. <laughs> you don't want to now, man, but if something would have tweaked left or right, dude, you could have easily come out. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. I used to jack off like a motherfucker too. I'd go. I'd tell the. <laughs> I'd tell the science teacher. I was like, hey, just aching to talk about jacking off at school. Man, I fucking one time I was just uh, sitting in class and this guy was talking about some dumb science shit and I said, "Hey man, I gotta go to the bathroom." And I went in there and I just went to the urinals because I know nobody would be in there. And yeah, I start working that dick, man. And, <laughs> okay. And uh, I had a ponytail, you know, yeah, I had sure. a rocker, had long hair. And, You're right. And He's heard, a rocker. And then I, a teacher came in to also use the bathroom uh-huh. as I'm jerk and I'm about to come. <laughs> and. uh I had to let go of my shaft, man, because he's like, he's like, how's it going? I'm like, man, this is weird, because you're talking to me, and I'm beating. Oh, he, said, he said something to you while you're jacking Yeah, out. well, because he thought I was pissing, but I was sitting there like, goo in it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, buddy. Oh, my God. I did some wild shit in school myself, but yeah. that's for another time. I'm telling you, dude, you are walking the Dahmer line. Because I never knew. Yeah, not anymore. But, like, there was a couple of kids in my school 
that would definitely get drunk and come in and they would just like pass out yeah. though. And you knew that they were drunk because they would come in after lunch all fucking you to do and then by like Oh, I pissed on a trophy last, case. Yeah. And got caught. Yeah. All right. They they knew I was drunk then. They sure. Could, <laughs> I was fucking they had like a bit all the football shit that they won or whatever and I'm just standing right in front of the principal's office pissing on it. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> my grandpa got a swift phone call. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, <laughs> That's what they basically told me. They said, you could either, you're about to be 18. Yeah. You don't want to do this anymore. Just sure. fucking, in two weeks you'll be 18. Just don't come back. Yeah. Well, that's so, around when I met you when you had recently defunct out of high school, right? Yeah. yeah you're you just like, you know what, fuck this shit. <laughs> 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 and you graduated like last year, right? Yeah. Two years ago. <laughs> 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 and I still jacked I'm off sorry, in the bathroom. Man. It's not funny, but it's so fucking funny, dude. It's not funny, but it's so funny. I still, I, I still fucking jacked off in the bathroom at, at the GED school too. <laughs> man, what the fuck? Oh man. So, uh, you know, when Jeffrey was, like, I can't even think anymore, man. What the fuck? When Jeffrey was 15, he begins actively seeking out roadkill. What I mean by that is he's bringing plastic bags with him, and he's walking around and catching rides until he can find a body every day. He had a shed in the backyard that was like his dad's old tool shed. It was a dilapidated, but he turned it into his little work area. He would have all the jars of preserved shit. He would take the animals back. He would physically cut them open, use knives and tools to strip the flesh from the body, and then soak the remains in acid to get the bones the way he liked them. He's not doing too bad in school, average, some C type of shit. And his three friends, like the uh, his homie um, fucking Durf that wrote the book and two other kids, they they were shitty friends. Yeah. They weren't good friends to him because he obviously really needed somebody to confide in him. And they were friends in a level that they liked the wild shit that he did. They loved to laugh at Jeffrey. They liked to have fun with him. And they would not have a personal connection with him whatsoever. And they weren't going to his house, listening to his problems. They would go to his house, but they would see all the shit that his parents were going through and get the fuck out of there, which I would too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't expect a kid to like sit with you while your parents are having a gnarly fight. But if you saw that, if I saw that happening to one of my friends when I was in high school, like I would talk to them about it afterwards. I mean, I had some great friends because I was fucking getting beat up by my mom and like kicked out and just yeah. treated like a piece of shit you know and yeah. I had friends that like stepped up and their families would let me stay with them and shit were you that type of motherfucker that would do their dishes like after they cook so oh yeah just, of course like, so you can make sure you like, stayed man. there yeah, yeah so, like, I, did the same I appreciate shit. what you guys I mean I really thank y'all for what y'all do thanks for this chili pack <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna think, hey, eat some of these little Debbies over here man I appreciate y'all y'all have shampoo here yeah no, <laughs> shout out to my fucking lifelong friend Phil Turner who listens to this shit he was that's he was in because we were talking about how good that new skinless is yeah, he was in a band with Sherwood of Skinless uh, yeah. called Enemy Rain. But yeah, he's like a, a longtime friend of mine. But man, him and his family saved my ass in school because one day my shit ass mom just fucking beat me up and kicked me out. I was staying in our band practice storage unit, and him and his like he talked to his family and they're like, "Man, you need to just come stay with us." And you know that shit was I don't even I have no idea. As like a 16-year-old, what would have and could have happened, you know? Yeah. So, shout out to my friend Phil. He listens to the podcast. How about that? What's up, Phil? Yeah. Love you. Thank you for not letting me storage shed live for eight years. Yeah. Thanks for taking care <laughs> of him. Not like I ever pulled it together, but... <laughs> yeah, thanks for taking care of him enough that he didn't turn into a bigger piece of shit than he is. <laughs> uh, 
and yeah, so like this this club then they call them the Dahmer Fan Club, which is shitty too because it's like you're you're putting this guy as the mascot of your group. Yeah. Like you're three friends that are regular ass friends and you're making a mascot. You're making a joke out of him. Which is what? You see that movie Angus before with the fat kid oh, yeah. and they set him Fuck, up to man. be like prom king and it's just a joke to everybody but he takes yeah. it seriously and then he figures out it's a joke way too late and his best friend knew the whole time and he could have said yo Angus this is a fucked up joke and he kind of does and Angus gets mad at him for it and then he goes or Carrie you know they yeah. fucking she's weird as shit and they elect her as prom queen and they dump the blood on her, it's the same type of shit, man. They're that being... shit happened to me too, man. Yeah, I got Valentine's. me too. I was homecoming king, but I don't think it was. A... I'm gonna post a picture of that. I'm gonna yeah. find that shit. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. Yeah, like that white suit on, right? Yeah, yeah, I see that yeah. <laughs> uh, So, <laughs> um, it was me and another fat piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. They just set your ass up, dude. So, um, he played tennis sophomore year through senior year, which is really weird because he is drinking. And a kid recounts a time that they caught him slamming gin in front of his locker. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing, Jeffrey? What's that? He's like, it's just my medicine. Damn. Just slamming it down. Fluids, the doctor said. Getting my medicine in. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, 17, Dahmer starts to live in this fantasy world. And this is where we see a lot of people with psychotic issues, uh, serial killer tendencies, killer tendencies. They normalize things by building up these elaborate fantasies first. Yeah. They make a fantasy in their head where they carry out these actions and they do it over and over again. And they get some horny, they jerk off to it. It becomes their life. They think about it day in day out. Once they're able to normalize it is when the real trouble starts. Because again, with Jeffrey being molested, coming from a troubled household, seeing all the shit that he saw, physical trauma, being sick all the time, all this stuff mounts into, I guarantee he spent a lot of time in his head, a lot yeah. of imagination, imaginary friends. He, When his parents would fight when he was a kid, I guarantee he would sneak away from that by doing something mentally, right? Probably so, pulling out that old pig corpse and fucking... Yeah, yeah just jacking off to the fucking old... Fucking marinating that motherfucker <laughs> with some skeet. So Jeffrey's fantasy, there's a jogger that runs by his house every single day. Jeffrey begins to fantasize about killing him. He would hide in the bushes. He would get closer and closer every day and kind of see how close to the guy he could get when the guy would run by. The guy was in good-ass shape. Jeffrey finds out that he's a doctor. He goes to his office for kind of no reason. So yeah. he's not feeling good. And the doctor is just like, okay, well, maybe you should get a physical. We'll see what's going on. He gets a sports physical. Mm. And the doctor gives him the hernia check where they yeah. grab like your nuts and the, the push top up part. on your beans. Yeah, and, and Jeffrey gets aroused, and the doctor is visibly disgusted. And basically, By disgusted? You mean he sucked his dick? Yeah, <laughs> I think that would have solved a lot because Jeffrey's definitely into the guy, you know. Yeah. But he gets kind of on to Jeffrey, makes him leave. Uh, and Jeffrey, had, I, I fucked up a little bit. Jeffrey had a run-in with the guy before. Yeah. The guy had seen like him and his friends around. That's how he found out he was a doctor. He had a real nice car. And he was like, what are you dudes up to? And they're like hanging out. He's like, man, y'all want everyone to kick back a couple of cold beers? Just holler at me and I'll hook you guys up. Hell yeah. And they're like, oh, all right, this is a cool motherfucker. And so then Jeffrey gets to the doctor's office and gets a boner. And the guy gets visibly mad at him. So that shakes Jeffrey up a little bit. And so Jeffrey has his plan to fucking kill the guy. And uh, we'll get into that more into Jeffrey's adulthood. Um, 
so one of the pranks that this club comes up with, right, is that they're using Jeffrey to do this elaborate prank. They all work for the yearbook. Jeffrey's kind of in on the yearbook thing. Uh, one of them is a photographer. So they come up with this elaborate prank where they're going to put Jeffrey in every single club, like every school organization, like debate team, National Honor Society, every club they can. He's going to sneak into their photograph and they think it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Yeah. So they take the picture, and in every single picture, Jeffrey like acts super solemn and makes like a a feet face, dead ass face. And so he does it in every single photograph, and it's gonna go through. They approve the yearbook. They get all the shit done. They get the photos published. They're ready to put it in the yearbook, but they get caught by the lady that's the head of the yearbook. She's like the English teacher, and she gets super pissed off. And when they get the Photos published. What's funny is that Jeffrey, I should also say that at this time, his parents are basically deciding that they're going to get a divorce and their main fight right now is getting custody of David. No one ever says shit about Jeffrey, which, you know, is probably because he's close enough to an adult. He's nearing the end of high school. This he's is gay. senior year. Yeah, he's gay. So. I don't want a gay kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that shit. But, you know, they just figure he's probably going to strike out on his own. And he's doing okay in school. But they don't bring anything up to him. He hears them fighting over who's going to keep David. Oh, and he tries to interject. And, you know, they're always worried about what David's going on. David's playing sports. It's all David, David, David. And so that weighs on Jeffrey. I mean, he felt neglected at six years old. I'm sure that mounted his entire life. They clearly favor David over Jeffrey, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he tries to tell his parents, like, hey, I'm in all these clubs at school straight up. You know, and it's like he knows he's going to get these pictures back in the yearbook to corroborate it. And they're going to be proud of him for going out. His dad really wants him to get out, right? So this is a big deal in Jeffrey's life is that he's out in the shack uh -huh. all the time. And again, his dad's not around very much because Lionel's busting his ass and he hates his fucking wife. Yeah. So they're in separate bedrooms, but she's always trying to start shit with him. One day she goes out and buys a brand new car that they can't afford just to be fucking a shithead about it. Ugh. Like literally buys the car to cause a problem. Knows they can't afford it, uses their credit card, puts them deeper in debt, and they they know they're going to get a divorce at this point. So it just wrecks his dad. His dad's gone more and more. Jeffrey's spending more and more time out in his shed doing weird shit with roadkill, animals that he found. He found a dead dog and put the dog's head on a stake. Whoa. And his parents aren't really looking into what he's doing, right? Yeah. Uh, one, some of the his kids that he's friends with catch him in the woods with skinning a cat carcass. You know, and no, they, they cool, tell him, man. yeah, it's not that cool. That's not really what's cool, cool about it. <laughs> Go ahead. Death metal. Matthew. But yeah. All right. It's yeah. like a. But his kids, are, those kids aren't into death metal. They're just like, no. oh, shit. <laughs> Jeffrey's yeah, off the fucking rails, man. But his dad has a legitimate concern. OK. Yeah. And, and what his dad does is. He sees what Jeffrey's doing. Jeffrey's proud of what he's doing, and it's science to him. Yeah. And so he he remembers the connection that him and Lionel had when he was a kid, when he would bring up chemistry. Lionel gets excited as hell. But Lionel discovers what Jeffrey's doing out there and loses his fucking mind. Yeah. What, he still, in his head, writes it off like Jeffrey is just doing science experiments. He doesn't look at it as like he's this morbid creep. He's just like, oh, he's doing science out here, but way too much of it. And so he tells Jeffrey... To, to get away from the shed. He's not allowed out there anymore. And then the next day while Jeffrey's at school, his dad tears it down. Wow. But the, his dad. There goes your boner cellar. Right. Rages out about it. But that's a super traumatic event. Yeah. That's where he's spending all of his time. That's how he gets away from his parents. 
That's where he does everything. That's his place. He takes it away from him. But his dad's point was the next day he comes to Jeffrey. He brings him dumbbells to work out with. And he sits down with Jeffrey and just says, like, look, here's the thing, man. I don't have any friends. None. I've had a lonely life. All I've known is chemistry. I fell in love with it and it became my everything. And I hate being alive. I don't want you to end up like this. There's something wrong with me. I'm fixated on this. I can't stop. It's all I do. It's ruined my marriage. It's ruined everything. I want you to make friends. I want you to be social. I want you to do what I didn't do. Take these weights. Work out. Get strong. Meet girls. This is what you need. This is what nobody did for me. That's a cool dad. That's a cool dad. That's that's good shit. Yeah. But he went about it the wrong way. He well, should not have. He shouldn't have immediately. Like it, parenting is hard. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah, people yeah, fuck sure. up. People fuck up, yeah. and you have to be willing to openly tell your kids, like, yo, no one's perfect. We're not perfect. We fuck up. If if I make a mistake, I'll own it. Like, let's work together to to do good. Well, people left out, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but Lionel, when he was a kid, he used to take a dead dog and he tied the nipples together so he could titty fuck them. He really did that. No. No, he really didn't do that. <laughs> I hate that I started to believe you, too. Man. I'm a fucking idiot. You got hot <laughs> for a second. Like, you were yeah. like, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. no, man. Man, he fucking. inside information. He well, fucking he weaves that weird, bacon around the shaft. And, and, Lionel did do weird shit. Oh, he, he was, was definitely a, a sociopath. He's a sociopath, and we talked about this a lot when we talk about killers and psychopaths and things of that nature, is that a lot of time what happens is when that manifests itself, instead of somebody becoming like a serial killer, what they do is that they take this energy and they put it towards their work. They put it towards their career, and they work their way to the top of their industry by channeling this energy into their passion. And that's definitely what Lionel has done with chemistry. And again, I completely understand what his point was when he did this to Jeffrey, but Lionel didn't understand what was going on with Jeff and he was not mentally stable. And this was essentially his everything. So you just stripped that away and that absolutely plunges Jeff down a hole, a pit of despair. I mean, what could you recover from as a 16, 17 year old? If you're like, you know, think about probably most of us, we were probably playing guitar, uh, trying to start a band, doing something with music, branching out creatively. What if your creative outlet something that you put a lot of time. And I know when I was trying to play guitar and shit, not even being good at it, but just spending hours a day trying to figure out how to use this thing, uh, bought it with my own money, had a lot of pride in, in that particular thing. If somebody would have taken that away from me, no matter how shitty I was at it, I would have been completely lost. I wouldn't have known what to do with myself. It for sure would have caused trauma in my life. And I was not delved into anything as deeply as Jeffrey was, as weird as it is, playing with animal bones. So all of his energy that he took in negatively, he clearly worked out by ripping animals apart. Now, I wonder if he would have been able to keep doing his experiments with animals if rather than turning into a serial killer... I mean, he could have been like a badass taxidermist, could have been a killer mortician. There's plenty of careers that most people would consider morbid that he would have done excellent at. I think he was just an amateur veterinarian. 
Yeah. I mean, being and being in that mental state, again, we're sociopath, psychopath type of brain working. You could definitely excel at school, work. He could have applied himself and gotten something with those type of interests, done something gnarly. But I think that this was the turning point for him. I think once that shed got crushed, that was the final straw for him. And, and right after this, the divorce was finalized and his parents moved out of the house. Uh, his mom took David, moved states away. His dad moved into a different place. And Jeffrey was just alone in the house by himself, finishing high school. Which if he wasn't like Jeffrey Dahmer, it probably would have been a ripping oh. fucking summer, dude. If it would have been one of us, man, we would have been the fucking party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rocking the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. Yeah. Dog ding. Dog ding, you gonna like it. You would have had some weird fucking indie rock pigs over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing yeah. all weird. Listen to some fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a mercy. Yeah. Man, I used to go to like fucking indie rock house shows and shit and just try to feign interest to hopefully yeah. finger somebody, man. That yeah. was like. Well, you didn't ever fucking fire up no Duran Duran, man. I mean, if it was take, fired up. I was, it was just out there. Fire up some Duran Duran, you put two fingers in the old pink pan. Jesus Christ. Dude. You know, my problem with that whole scene was is that I was into like mad ball and shit. So I was wearing like basketball shorts and they're all wearing like tight pants, choker necklaces, dancing around. Right, and easier. I was trying to fit in with that shit. That's easier to get your jack. <laughs> with some basketball, basketball shorts. shorts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what you get boned up. You hide them. Yeah, for sure. It's a public jack. <laughs> a little public jack, man. They get a loose short. You got no problem with a public jack. Yeah. So when his parents left him alone, dude, he was in the house for like a year. Now, within the first three months of this, Jeffrey hits the turning point, what he describes as the nightmare begins. Sweet. He's got his own car. He's driving around. He's getting fucking hammered and driving around. All right. One night, he's uh, he, he picks up hitchhikers all the time. Yeah. He, he likes to bring him back a drink with him, try to have sex with him. One night, he picks up a hitchhiker, a young kid. He's hitchhiking back from a rock show, which unfortunately... I don't know what show it is. Imagine the 70s, yes, dude. Yes, it was yes. Yes, probably. It was some ignorant shit. Picks him up, and uh, the guy wants to go, you know, he, he, had hi- he had hitchhiked to the show. He's hitchhiking home. He wants to go back where he came from. Hitchhiking isn't that unusual in the 70s, you know? No. We talked about this before. Some regular ass shit. We saw a hitchhiker today. Yeah, that's the fact. We definitely didn't pick him up because that boy was flying high again, again, yeah. again, again. Yeah, I know that guy smelled fucking terrible, dude. (laughs) And so Jeffrey picks him up, and the kid's like, he's like, where are you headed? And the kid's like, man, I'm trying to get there. He's like, well, uh, where are you coming from? He's like, oh, I just went to this bitchin' show. Jeffrey's like, man, uh, I got my house to myself. I got a bunch of beers, man. Y'all just come back and hang out for the night, and then tomorrow I'll take you home. You cool with that? And the guy's like, yeah, man, fuck it. We'll kick it. Hang out. You're young. I'm young. Let's have a good time. Yeah. They get back to his place. They start drinking. One thing leads to another, and these two boys have themselves some good old-fashioned gay intercourse. Yeah, like a dollop of daisy, the old baked potato. Warming it up. And then afterwards, the kid's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have fucked another man. Jeffrey's not even going to hear a minute of that as he smashes the kid with a fucking barbell that or a dumbbell that his dad got him. Well, that's kind of cool. 
Well, when he hits him with it, the kid doesn't get knocked out instantly, and Jeffrey has never perpetuated violence on anybody. Yeah. And people were always worried about Jeff snapping because he had been lifting those fucking weights, and he's also tall. He's yeah. huge. Jeffrey, I should have brought this up earlier. He's big as hell. Yeah, he's a big. He's like our size. He's not fat. He's yeah. like lifting giant shoulders. Good-looking, blonde, but again, just dressed like a forty-year-old. So real unassuming. Like when you see him, you, you, he's unassuming because of the way he's dressed. But yeah. he's big as hell. He just fucking man awarded somebody, man. He yes, smacked him with a fucking barbell, and then they get into a fight. And uh, while they're wrestling, Jeffrey hits him in the head with a barbell, knocks him out, and keeps hitting him until the guy dies. Then Jeffrey cuddles with a corpse. Sweet. Starts fiddling around with the privates, sucking on things, feeling on things. Beans? Jacks off on the corpse. Then, instead of the shame and regret and panic, he calmly, first killing, dismembers him. Takes a few hours, cuts everything down as small as he can, puts it downstairs for the night, collects everything, puts it in the car, gets fucking pulled over with the body in the car, drunk. Whoa. No fucking problem. No fucking problem. 70s, they're in, like, Wisconsin. I got, That's the thing is I don't think that drunk driving was, like, law until the 80s and shit. I think that you could drive drunk in the 70s pretty much everywhere. If you were fucking had a few, eh, what the fuck ever, man. Just go on. Don't cause any that, trouble hey, here. From, from uh, his perspective, that had to be terrifying. I got a body in the back of my fucking car. I'm no, because he's so calm about everything. He's not shook by anything. He's he's just not wired like that. That's fucking wild. And that's why I'm sure he doesn't get in trouble. Is there a problem, officer? And so, you know, he just takes the body to this riverbed, dumps it all off there. And what's crazy about that is he ends up coming back years later, like 10 years later, finds the bones that he buried, digs them up, and pulverizes them all with a sledgehammer. Man. Hard. <laughs> that's <laughs> so fucking wild. And that's about when Jeffrey turned 18. He graduated high school. He's going to go on to college. And this is where we're going to stop this week. Okay. When we just go through his entire childhood, he's essentially an adult now, first killing. And that's a wild trajectory. Right when you become an adult, you're left alone in your house, and you just instantly get to killing. Yeah. And when he talks about killing him, Jeffrey does, Yeah. he says that he picked him up, he's fine with everything, ex- until the barbell point. And he is real calm about it, like he is everything else, but he says, I wish I wouldn't have done it. I don't know why I did it. If I wouldn't have done it, I probably wouldn't be in the spot I am in right now. But that was the first thing. The fantasy became reality. The nightmare began. Do you think that maybe he was like, maybe this whole thing, same thing with uh, fucking uh, Gacy. Maybe it was like the whole gay thing wasn't that he was like necessarily gay, but it was just that dude fucking raped him when he was a kid. Yeah. And he just like punishing fucking dudes because of that situation. Uh, well, let's not remember. I think that you're 100% wrong about Gacy. He was definitely gay. Dahmer is for sure gay. Don't I'm just saying, start this shit hey, with me. He's fucking gay. I, Shut the, the fuck up. I didn't say he didn't like no ladies. I'm going to kill and fuck you. You're gay. <laughs> I will be to prove a point. You're a fucking idiot. 
No, I don't think you that. guys heard it here. Chris is gay now. <laughs> he said he wanted to prove a point. Him, I, you know, prove a point. You prove your point, faggot. Whoa! <laughs> Jesus Christ, buddy. Oh no, that's way to a, ruin our no, podcast yeah, for yeah. forever. Some PC stuff. Don't say that either. You fucking dork. I hate you. God damn it! Why Nobody, do you do this? Why does anybody care about? No that? one does. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. You fucking idiot. This is. It's all. Stop. Let me just say this. No, he was definitely gay. I don't <laughs> think he cared that much about being gay. All right, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares about. So why don't you being tell gay. us about the song we picked this week? We picked "Dog Guts" by Macabre. It's a good song. You'll be able to hear it on the intro and the outro. And next week, when we do the Patreon, we'll actually remember to have Buddy read the lyrics. Yes, we'll do that. Speaking of Patreon.com backslash Death Metal Dicks, if you like what you just heard. It would be absolutely phenomenal if you would check out the site, see if there's anything you're into. If you would like to keep the podcast going by donating a little bit of cash, we would certainly love and appreciate it. And we've got something in it for you. Every other week, we record a special episode. We pop it on there for you. Uh, we got tiers where you can get a shirt. We'll shout out people that give to a certain tier like we'll do right now. We got a great crew of people on the upper echelon. We got Ashley Rude. Ash Rude. We yeah. got Bobby Henderson. Uh-huh. We got Matt Mess. Right on. Cam Catron. Ryan yep. Parker. Casey Gaden. The fucking OG production squad. Sweet. They are helping us make this shit happen, and you can too. We appreciate the hell out of it. There's lower tiers. We thank all you guys too. We love everyone. We should do a competition right now. That's contributed anything. Well, let's talk about that more before we do. And... Uh, iTunes. That's the easy way to do it. If you don't, yeah. if you want to do something for free to help us out, it sounds dumb as shit. But if you give us a five star review on iTunes, that helps us out a whole bunch. I don't fucking know why. I didn't make iTunes, but that's what they care about. So if you want to give us a little nod to nod there, that we would love that. Thank you very much. Thank you just for listening. Tell your friends about this shit. Uh, we have a cool group on Facebook, Death Metal Dicks. You got to search for it in the groups search. You just go to search, click on groups, type Death Metal Dicks. We'll throw you in there. Uh, and we'll love to talk shit about metal, whatever you like in there. It's a fun group. I think it's the most fun group on Facebook. It's I have fun. a great time with it. Instagram, Death Metal Dicks. Facebook, Death Metal Dicks. Feel free to add either of us personally. Yep. Our names are in the link. You can see it all there. Thank you guys for listening tonight. Uh, I want to tell you the power of Satan is reality. And what that is is a belief in the flesh, not the spirit. You can accomplish anything you want to in this life by way of belief, discipline, Pushing yourself to what you want to happen. Willing it, and it will happen. And by willing it, I mean executing. Okay? Dude, set goals. Make them happen. You can do it. You can do anything you want to. If I could ever do anything for you, hit me up. Make your own podcast. Make your own band. Yeah. Hail Satan. Hail that motherfucker. We'll see you guys for part two of Jeffrey Dahmer right here next week. What's the boy? He can't like his toys. The